All right. So our next speaker, I think he's lined up, uh, David Marquette. Now, David is someone I had speak at one of our events. Um, he is, I'll, I'll just read a little bit of a bio in case some of you are not familiar, but he's a retired naval captain. He's a speaker and consultant, obviously. He's the author of the best-selling book, Turn the Ship Around. And it's a book that Fortune Magazine called the best how-to manual anywhere on delegating training and driving flawless execution. And um, what I like about the book and what I really appreciate about David and, and all the people that we're going to have here today is he's not, he didn't write a, he didn't write a book report. He didn't just go study other people who, you know, knew how to do leadership and does a book on it. Um, he's, he's the real deal. So um, just really quickly in 1981, he graduated top of his class from the U.S. Naval Academy and joined the submarine force. And in 1999, he was diverted from being captain of the USS Olympia to take command of the USS Santa Fe um, and because the captain of that ship had quit. And at the time, it was the worst performing submarine in the fleet. And um, he did another, it was a type of ship he, submarine he, he knew nothing about. So um, he turned that whole ship around literally and using intent-based leadership and continued to, um, it, it actually became the top performing ship uh, in the Navy and continued to win awards and promoted more officers and enlisted men to positions of authority and responsibility more than any other submarine. So, you know, he now speaks on these topics. Like I said, I brought him uh, to our producers club meeting uh, people loved his message, loved what he was doing. And so let me uh, let me welcome you all to Mr. Uh, David Marquette. David, are you there? Yeah. Hey, Robin, how are you? Good to Good, see you. Good, how again. are you? All right. Looking well. Yes. How about you? You look great. Yeah. <laughs> do you drink? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I do. Unlike uh, the Iron Cowboy, I do drink. <laughs> Okay, but but I mean, is that like, is that water or is that what is what is it you're drinking there? You know, it's Chardonnay. It's California Chardonnay. Okay. I've been drinking yeah. it for, for the last 15 minutes and my glass is almost empty. So this could All be right. a really interesting conversation. <laughs> a little truth coming out, right? You know, you're you honest you truth. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, I, I mean, I told people a little bit about you. Um, what did I miss? I mean, what, what should people know about you in, from a leadership perspective, from, from a personal perspective? I was a guy who was never supposed to be a submarine commander. I was a geeky kid growing up in Massachusetts. I was socially awkward. I was on a chess club and the math team. And, uh, but, but I did feel passionately about the Constitution. And I graduated from high school in 1977. We were in the midst of the Cold War, so I wanted to do something. And I kind of set myself with this aspiration of being a submarine commander because that was just the coolest thing you could be during the Cold War. And there were some ups and downs, uh, but it worked out. Uh, but it was an indirect line. I was told and I was inculcated into this idea that leaders are decision makers. Leaders make decisions and get the team to execute the brilliant ideas that they have. And it was really, it was like the air we breathed. It was so deeply ingrained in us. And then when I got to Santa Fe, 
Uh, and you're exactly right. It was a, su- a submarine I'd never been on before. I wouldn't say I knew nothing about it, but, but I'd never been on this kind of submarine. All the details were different. And so like at a logical level, I said, well, I need my team to help me with this. But from an emotional and a habit perspective, I'm the captain. I'm supposed to give orders. Now, you watch any, any movie. I'm watching this thing, Vigil now on Netflix. I don't know if anyone's watching. It's terrible in my mind. It's, it, it's atrocious in the way they present the submarine force. But it's very common because the, you see the captain, the captain's giving or he gives order after order after order after order. Barks them, right? Like yeah. I've never, there's no movie where there's a group and they go, okay, well, guys, what do, yeah. what do you think we should yeah, do? Yeah, what do you it's think? Like the leader has got to make the decision. You exactly, know? because it's a movie and we got to make drama. And then typically the leader makes a bad decision early that we then have to extricate ourselves from. And then we give ourselves a reward for fixing something that we messed up. Anyway, so that for me was the hard part, was the behavior change of not making decisions. Because I made a commitment never to make a decision as a submarine commander. And we had to change our language. Our whole vehicle was through language. And so I became really enamored in the power of language. I'll give you a very simple example. I outlawed the word they on the submarine. Uh, you couldn't refer to anybody else on the submarine using the word they. Now, we had a lot of they's. We had like officers and enlisted and engineering and operations. And they, they, they. And who, who made the mistake? They always made the mistake. <laughs> we right. never made a mistake. Right. But when you change it. And sure, I'd been I'd received many a lecture on, well, we're one big team. But nothing ever changes. And I said, you know what? You have to use the word we. If you're going to refer to somebody on the submarine, I don't care what rank they are. I don't care what department they're in. I don't care how you feel about them. You're going to use the word we. And six months later, people would say, this is the most amazing culture of teamwork I've ever seen. Why? Not because we gave lectures on teamwork, but because we changed our language. So... Was it just that or was it really, I mean, because you, like you were trained in the Navy and they, they, they're teaching you leadership skills. Was that something they taught you or was that something you're like, now they taught me the opposite and instinctually you just kind of knew it was not the right way to do it? Instinct, uh, yeah. They taught me how to give orders and attract followers. And what I needed to do was to figure out how to stop giving orders and to create leaders. So there were a lot of good things that the Navy had in place, which I appreciate more now, 10 years after I've left the Navy and I've worked with businesses. For example, the Navy has defined a very good common language, common procedures, common ownership. If you take any decision on a submarine, you can probably find, figure out pretty quickly who makes that decision. When you go to business now and I ask, well, whose decision is this? I get a lot of, well, this, well, it's like, so there, you can't, you can't, The word we use is push authority to the people with the information. But you can't do that if you can't really figure out the structure of the authority that begins with. Okay. All right. So if, you know, I want to ask you something, this kind of like, it's it's like I say personal because I've got a new sales manager and um, (laughs) we had a, I had a great sales manager. He got another offer and Unfortunately, you know, we're good friends. We left on good terms, but it is what it is, right? So I've got this new sales manager and I'm super excited. He's he's amazing. I'm very excited to have him on the team. Um, 
And so I'm going like to steal them from you. I, no, you're not. I'm gonna, I'll kill you. All right. I mean, like literally I have, I have a, there's an evil streak in me. I'm just saying, I, I okay, keep it under right. control. Okay. When fair. I start to drink, it comes out a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> keep the gun locked up. Anyway. Um, but um, no, I mean like seriously, good sales managers, good salespeople, forget it. Good God. You know, you ugh, trying to, it's like a battle over, but, but how, like if somebody was coming in to lead a team and they're the new guy. I mean, that's what you were on the Santa Fe. I mean, you're like this new guy, doesn't even know the ship. People thinking, oh, great. Here's another dum-dum coming in to yeah, bark orders. who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Where do you recommend someone starts if they're just starting to take over a team? Connection. Step, well, your instinct, if you're like most people, and I'm, and I'm guessing if, if you've hired a hard charging salesperson who's been successful in the past, the instinct of him or her is going to be, let's get going, let's roll up our sleeves, let's figure out what's messed up, let's make it better, let's charge, 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 charge. Okay. And my advice would be, pause that. The, and, and just focus on connecting with the people first. And a good way to do that is just ask them questions. Hey, what do I need to know about this? Tell me more about this. You don't need to feign like you're an idiot. You don't need to say, oh, well, I don't know anything about sales. You can say, well, I don't, how do you guys do it here? What's worked for you? Uh, we, we say let people, uh, we call it celebration, and you do it by letting people tell their story. So what was, oh, how do you guys come up with this? What was hard? What did you consider that you rejected? What, how did you end up with this particular process? Uh, on and on and on. Let them tell the story of the struggles that they had before you got there. And then if you want to say, okay, well, so here's an idea. Let's run an experiment. Let's, let's tweak it a little bit more. Let's build on what you have and tweak it a little bit more. How about we run an experiment for the next month? When we first answer the phone, instead of saying these words, let's say these words and let's see how it goes. And we'll see, you know, if it's better, worse, the same as what you got. And then we'll go from there. So number one, you're making it safe. Number two, you're, you're letting them be visible in your eyes and, and, and feel like they have a sense of value. And number three is for the changes, you're not saying this is immutable stuff that I know for 100% fact that it's better, but hey, could be wrong, but let's just check it out together. And then you're activating a learning, uh, the, the learning dimension in that. Hey, let's see how it works and then we'll evaluate it and work on it together to make it better. Okay. I got another question for you. Like, cause I'm a leader in my organization. I think I'm pretty good. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's my ego. You speaking. Are. You are. Really. Well, I mean, like, I mean, that's the thing. You, I, like I always say, assume you suck. Cause it's a safer assumption. Like I, in everything. You could be a service. submarine commander. <laughs> just assume you suck. I there just, was, you know, yeah, you'll be closer to the truth than anything else. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. I, and I mean that I'm not just saying that, like, I really, I really, I mean, there's, there's times when you go, Oh, I feel so, like I just pulled off the most amazing thing, but then there's other times I'm like, God, I'm the biggest idiot. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that happens sometimes hourly, you go from one to the next. Right. But so I, the people that are listening that are CEOs of companies, how do they know if they're a good leader or not? Because like, I could go to Mike, I could go to Mike, look, Mike, he's sitting there half drunk. He's going to tell me I, I'm a great leader. Cause you know, right. I mean, I'm paying him. I mean, do you know what I mean? So like, um, there's because when you, the higher up you go, the more bullshit you get, and people hide stuff. And what? How do you know if you're if you're actually being a good leader? Well, um, is it performance? Is it yeah? Is it what is? Yeah, it? I. 
it's ultimately it's performance. I mean, no one cares what kind of culture you have in a nuclear submarine if you're not hitting it out of the park. If you're not, if you know, if you're melting down the reactor, we don't care that you had a great culture that had a lot of inclusion. In it. You know, like we don't care. <laughs> It's like salespeople when they tell me, like, at the end of the week, you're like, okay, what sales did you bring in? And they're like, well, none, but I, I did develop some really good relationships. Yeah, we had a great offsite. Yeah, so you got to give the salesperson just, I, so your job here is to tell the person, hey, look, I don't care if we don't sell anything for a month, just get to know the team. Because yeah. you got to relieve the pressure on them to want to perform immediately and prove themselves to you. Right. Yeah. So, um, what was the question? But how do you know you're a good leader? Like what? I mean, oh, yeah. you can also so, get a good result. You, everybody hates you. Are your what's happening to your people? Are they leaving? Why are they leaving? And if they're leaving, what are they doing? Are you building more leaders? I so I'm 62. Over the last year, I've been going through a process of basically. Uh, selling my company to the employees and getting someone else to work to run it. So I, I, I'm putting myself out of a job. I'm still going to be um, a product of my company. My, my company can send me out to do events and speaking and whatever, and that kind of thing. But I'm not, I'm no longer running it. I'm not going to any weekly meetings, not going to any daily meetings. Not, I don't want to do any of that. So leadership is a journey toward irrelevance and you got to start today. So the question is, um, absent yourself from a meeting, or maybe if that's too scary, come in five minutes late. And then, and then what happens? Do they all sit around waiting for Robin to show up? Well, that's a low mark. Do they just get on with it and say, well, the senior person here is going to take charge and we're going to start moving on or whatever it happens to be. And like, Hey, Robin, Oh, it's good. Good. You showed up. Let me tell you what we're doing. Blah, 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 blah. You want to build independence not dependence. Too many leaders are addicted to the psychological juice of all the people who think I'm so important and I got to stand outside my door and get me my pontification on whatever it is I think. Or review every, every decision, which is another big problem, because if you have to review everything that's going on, you just slow everything down. Yeah. And then you're not scalable because ultimately mm -hmm. you're going to be choked choked out and then you're going to feel overworked, exhausted, whatever. So mm -hmm. um, I think a really good test is what happens when you're not there, because uh, like we've got all, we've all got stories of the person who was unexpectedly ill or uh, wanted to retire and, or we got a lot of baby boomers now that are trying to sell their businesses. And I work with some private equity groups, their business is worth, zero. They're worth everything. And so they, they're really despondent because they thought they were building a business for their families uh, onward, but there's no value without them. And so they can't leave. So they're trapped. So you don't want to be in that position. Right. Right. Very cool. All right. Well, let me, I, time's almost up here and I, I appreciate you being here. Thank you for your service to the country. Um, I don't want to leave without saying that. Um, and uh, you are a brilliant individual and I am honored to know you and I hope you have a, an amazing new year. So cheers to you. We'll drink to you. Cheers. That's bottoms up for me. Absolutely. All right. And if people wanted to learn more about you, get your book, where do they go? Yeah, our program's called Intent-Based Leadership. So go to intentbasedleadership.com.
com, on the web, on LinkedIn. The book, the original book was Turn the Ship Around. And then right when COVID started, I wrote another book, which I think is really particularly relevant called Leadership is Language, which is about the words that we use. And it basically makes the call that you've been programmed to use an industrial age language, even if you think you're an enlightened leader and that you really want to rethink the words that you use. And now that things are happening remotely, I think it's more important than ever. Leadership is language. I love it. All right. Well, we'll go over that URL. We'll post that up. Thank you, David. I appreciate you so much. Happy New Year. Cheers, Robin. Cheers. Thanks. All and right. thanks to the good people at St. Jude and the work they do. Thank you. All right. Okay. All right, Mike. Yeah. Do you think I'm a good leader? I mean, based on that, I don't know. You might be I like, mean, I've got to say, yeah, but we'll see next time you relate to a meeting, I guess. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get in there late and, uh, you know, see who's talking or whatever. Actually, Nicole, just start. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the MSP Success Podcast. If you find this valuable, please be sure to like, subscribe, follow, comment, and or leave a five-star review. Also, be sure to subscribe for our free MSP Success Magazine and get more IT services business resources at www.mspsuccessmagazine.com.